Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. Today we're talking about ways to store wine and about something I don't understand, Paul. That would give us a fairly wide range of topics there, Rick. There's a lot that you don't understand. That is very true. But this starts with a question about how to store an open bottle of wine that you don't finish. <laughs> I, I looked at those words. I, I went through them a few times. I, I'm not word sure I understand. Word. Yes. Open bottle, not finished. I, I just... Yeah. But we have it anyway. Also today, the horrible wine writing is words no one will understand. Good. We have listener questions from Germany and Hungary. Excellent. The Hungary question is about dating. Uh-huh. We what could question, go wrong? What could go wrong there? <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, as usual, we will make fun of wine snobs. Oh, yeah. By the way, a couple reminders. Once again, we are still on the Capital Public Radio podcast lineup. It has been a couple months now, and, and yet the world has not crashed. Thank you, Capital Public Radio and NPR. We hope you don't disappear off the face of the earth because of your relationship Thank with you us. for your courage, folks. That's right. Yeah. And That's also, right. Uh, we will be taping a live show in just about a month from now, maybe a little less than that, a show at uh, Four Fires in at the Four Fires Festival in Plymouth in Amador County. We'll be at the Amador County Fairgrounds. That's May 6th. It's a Saturday. Great wine, great food. Mm-hmm. Come to the festival. Mm-hmm. Come see us. Yep. You might enjoy the festival more by not seeing us, but we would like to have you come there, ask us a question, heckle us, throw stuff. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. All right. So let's start with this question that I got. I actually got emailed to me through my role uh, as talking about wine for Capital Public Radio. Good. And Boy, uh, t- no kidding. I know. I know where you're going. They are walking the line on disaster, aren't they? Dear Lord, they put us and me on the air. Yeah. It is really frightening what some people will do. All right. It's from Gerard in Atlanta, Georgia. And he asked, is it still best to use a wine pump to preserve an open bottle if the wine comes with a screw cap? Uh-huh. So, and, you know, the wine pump, and well, that's those little yep. plastic things, and it pumps the air out and, yep. and that sort of thing. So uh, since he brings it up, Gerard, we're going to actually uh, go a little farther and talk about storing wine just a little bit, and then we'll get to your question. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, storing wine. First bit of advice? Uh, keep Rick Cushman out of your house. This is a fine, fine bit of advice there. I, 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 I wish I had followed it myself. Yeah, well, you've, you see, you've, you've paid the price, haven't you? <laughs> you see what happens. Um, so I'll tell you a really quick story about, about storing wine. This is my absolutely wonderful cousin, and I've been I've been mining my cousins, uh, and, and for various uh, inf- information. Been visiting family, although, and we have another question from my niece. Uh, but I have a wonderful cousin who lives in Boston or near Boston, and and their house is a beautiful house has a built-in wine rack. I'm describing yep. it with my hands now because we're on the radio. Um, <laughs> exactly it's right. built over the refrigerator. Oh yeah, and um, in Which- a bright hot. Kitchen could only be warmer if it were over the oven itself, <laughs> or in the oven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much yeah. everything wrong. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so how did wine taste? Well, well, this is this is pretty. The adorable part is um, they were all bad, but yeah. we opened we we went through them, you know, and went of course of one, you did. We went one by because one because this well, is what we, Rick does when he finds a wine cellar. And we started. No, we started because I knew. Did you this start is, at the top and just work your way through every well, bottle? Well, they're or? very old wines, actually, and they were. <laughs> so we start from the worst ones. Okay. <laughs> and until we start, if we were going to get somewhere that you actually kept going had, to where you're going to get a good one. Yeah, and there were none, and you didn't. <laughs> but but my Man. the fun the most fun one was a 1990. White Zinfandel. 
Oof. So this is not a wine that would, would age under any circumstances. No, it's a wine anyway. that's supposed to be drunk when it's released. Yes. Yeah. And many, many whites are, many pinks are drinking, yeah. release, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, but this was so bad, we had to taste it a couple of times just to be sure it was this bad. I mean, it was, it couldn't, it, it was vinegar at its worst. Wow. <laughs> was, yeah. Wow. So what, what my lovely cousin did wrong was. Th- everything. Everything, because there's three, three things you need for storing wine bar. That's right. It should be cool. Kind of like us. And cool, but uh, not oh, oh, over your refrigerate, okay. refrigerator because over your fridge is warm. That's where all the heat from the condenser goes. Right. It should be dark. And you said she had a bright, sunny kitchen. Bright, sunny kitchen. So you're getting sunlight, at least reflected sunlight. There's a reason liquor stores don't put very many bottles in a window because sunlight's really bad for wine. And the third thing is it should not have any vibration. And, of course, over the fridge, the, every time the fridge goes on, it vibrates. Right. So you've got the perfect... The perfect storm there for your cousin's wines. Yes, and it, it is unfortunate because lots of lots of houses have that sort of opportunity. So, so the 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 other direction would be easy, easy peasy is put it in a closet. Yeah, interior closet. Yep. You know, in the back, back there behind those heavy woolen coats that in California you never wear anyway, and yeah. you should be good to go. And, and you know, cool. There's there's some debate whether it's 55 or 58 degrees that your cellar and your refrigerator ought to be yeah, at, yeah. and anywhere anywhere in that ballpark, really anywhere under 70 if it's consistently cool, right? You you'll be fine for right. for a, a very decent amount of time. Yeah, um, yeah. And most let's be fair, most people in America are not putting huge expensive collections of wines in their closet. Right. By the time you get to have a thousand bottles of classified growth Bordeaux, you've probably got a locker somewhere that's temperature controlled. But right. for, if, you're, is... if you've got 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 bottles of wine that you're storing from a year to two to three years, in the, if you pick a nice cool closet, you'll be fine. Yeah, and often it's it's very much like my my wonderful cousin, which is that people gave her a bottle of wine. They gave them a bottle of wine, and so they kind of saved it for an occasion. And what right. happens is when you save a bottle of wine for an occasion, you end up forgetting you have you, it. Or you never get the right you occasion. You never get the right occasion, yes, yeah. which is another point about arguing. So the other yeah. thing to, to also do is to... The, bottle should be on its side or nose down. And the reason is you want the cork stays moist. It doesn't dehydrate. And so a lot more air doesn't come in. Right. If the cork if the cork dehydrates enough, it'll actually shrink, and then it won't seal the bottle, and then bad things happen. So one really easy way to do that too is next time you go to a supermarket, is just ask them if they have an extra case box for a wine. Just a right, you know. And actually, lots of stores have them sitting on the side. In fact, if you walk into the wine aisle of any supermarket and ask for a case box, they will come yes. running with yes. a case box. Yes, they'll give they you a couple. Sure, gonna, you want six? Here's gonna, ten. They think you're going to buy twelve bottles of wine. Yeah. Put two bottles in it. Take it out. You're good to go. You yes. got half a wine cellar already. Right. And, and frankly, they also saved them the problem of cutting it up and putting it somewhere. So, so right. there's all that. Um, right. And that way, now you stick that in your closet, stick the bottle's nose down or just tilt it on its side and stick yep. it sideways either way. Yep. And it's an easy, easy way to store. Yep. So the next question so, now. So I'm sorry. Did, did Gerard have a question? We do. All? We're getting to Gerard's okay. question. We're, so the <laughs> next, we're, now, we're, now we're talking about the unfinished bottle of wine. I'm going to, I'm taking a leap. I've, I've done some research. Apparently, actually, actually, I have done some research, um, and I've done. I did a story on this, and then have used this example more than once for other things, yep. and you know, sort of for other reports and various things. So I've I've done this now a couple of times, which is what I did was, I had um, uh, half open or half filled bottles of red and white, right, um, a couple of each, same yep. wines. So you know, one it's actually four bottles. So with the cork. 
And what they air pumped out, those little plastic pumps that they're very inexpensive, a couple of bucks, $12 or something. Yep. Um, and I put uh, one uh, white red of each of these with with the cork and with the pump mm-hmm. in the refrigerator mm-hmm. and then also on the counter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I found was, and I've done this now three different times where it's always been the same you as far as I'm concerned. doing it over and over again. Uh, well, it gives me an excuse to drink a lot of wine. <laughs> I see, exactly. Uh, is that white is always better with the cork. With the air pumped out, for some reason, it seems to lose a little bit of its brightness. Uh-huh. And and yet, it's, a white can stay in the fridge for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, the yeah. red <clears throat> is always better in the fridge with the, uh, with the air pumped out. Hmm. So both in the fridge, hmm. pumped out for the red, corked for the white. Okay. And there are other systems. You can get the, gas, the inert yeah. gas yep. that you yep. can yep. squirt in there that works. Yep. Uh, and I have a friend who's a master wine and a, and a master sommelier who swears the best solution of all, Rick, Collect a couple of half bottles. This is this is the long term storage version. Though. Well, it doesn't have to be, but you just pour it, in, pour the wine into the half bottle, so the half bottle is now oh right full, Tell and then you put a little cork or a screw cap on it, and it will last up to a week without a lot of problem. Yeah, good point because there's no air in there. Because yeah. there's no air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so and 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 by the way, this notion that it should be cool and should be quiet and not sunny. Yes, and even reds can be stored in the fridge. Tells you something when you sit at a bar or a restaurant and look for a glass of red, <laughs> and you see it sitting there in a pretty warm spot out behind the bar, out behind the bar, yeah. and especially if it's earlier in the evening. You know, if you're like me, I go for the senior special. I'm sure you yes, do. It's starting at, at 10 a.m. Four thirty. Yeah, no, it's, it's when I start my way in drinking, uh, and and so. And the other thing you notice is you walk into the back bar and you're the first person there for dinner that night because you are there for the senior special. And you look up at the back bar and there is a bottle of wine there and it's by the glass. And sure enough, it's two-thirds empty. And you're thinking that puppy's been there from at least a night before. And if nobody ordered it last night, it could be there from two nights ago. Right. And it's it's true. And you'll see a lot of places will be the lineup. All the reds have that little little gray – yeah. Rubber cork in there. So the the thing to do is ask ask them how long it's been. Actually, I, I find it's helpful to ask to see the bottle uh-huh. because so, any good restaurant, when they open a bottle of wine to sell, sell by the glass, they will actually note each night they will put the date on the label. What, right when they yeah. opened it. Yeah. So that they then know how long it's been open. Yeah. And, and when they bring you the bottle and it has no date on it, or it's bought it, got a date from last month. Ask for a fresh Last bottle. Last month to be, yeah. Um, it's always a good question. And often, in some, at least in many places, they will say, oh, we, we can open another one for you because there's another sucker right behind you who will um, – no, no, that's not what they'll say. But they will. <laughs> it, it's good to ask. So, they'll say – what they'll say is, you know, Rick Cushman's coming later and he'll drink anything. He'll drink anything. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Sometimes they just you know, pour water in and I still – <laughs> All right. So uh, now we come to Gerard. Your question, is there a difference for wines with a screw cap? So, Paul? No. All right, so there you go, Gerard. Worth the wait, wasn't it? <laughs> no, actually, well, just a little bit further to say the real answer is, uh, I, I, you know, no, <laughs> no, why not? Yeah, why would there be? Right, right. And the the little pump outs work just fine. They work for um, both. I will say that if um, if you doing it's a white and use a screw cap, you can put that back in the fridge just like the cork, but make sure you close it tightly. And yep. sometimes you forget yep. to do that. So, yep. yes. So that was a long way to go. Oh, it was totally worth it, I'm sure. I'm, I'm totally. I'm, I'm, yes. Yeah. And luckily he's in Atlanta, so he can't hunt us down <laughs> can't, quite so easily. He can't. 
That's right. right. But other people have hunted us down, Paul, and they've asked us questions, just like Shark. And from farther away than Atlanta, Georgia. As it turns out, yes. Uh, so the, uh, a reminder, by the way, that you too can ask us a question from anywhere on earth. Just go to rickandpaulwine.com, <laughs> all one word, and good luck to you. Uh, and by the way, you can find us on iTunes, subscribe for free. Another way to ask us questions because it'll take you right to our website. All right. So this is from our friend, your friend, now my friend, too, because he's asked us a question, David Hummeyer, yes. who uh, lives in Budapest, Hungary. Budapest, Hungary. Yes. This is David's question. I heard you give the best pieces of relationship advice. <laughs> I, I can see David's writing is dripping with irony, but nonetheless, he said— Actually, David has a wonderful sense of humor, and you're seeing it right there. Yes, so he says, <clears throat> my dating question. It was the second date. She says she likes wine, so I asked her about her preferences in terms of style, white, rosé, sweetness, etc. I poured a wine that fit, fit into the concept. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was in David's flat, he's explained, by the way. When she tasted the wine, I was 100% sure that my date is pretending that she enjoys it. She absolutely didn't like it. The situation happened at my flat. And so I had a lot of other bottles to open. If she'd have been less polite, I would have liked to have given her a good wine experience. Rick and Paul, please help me with what to do if this happens next time. And then in parentheses, with a smile, and I like this, I'm afraid of being with girls who like to pretend things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, wise beyond your years. Yes. So, yeah, I was going to say, I just love, I don't know, I haven't met him, but I know I'd love David. Yes. Yeah, good guy. Yep. So, I think it's okay to say to her what he said to us, right? I would like to give you a good wine experience. It, yes. Is there but, something else you'd like to try? But there's, a, there's another option here. And, and th- what comes across in this clearly is David would really like to show her something that she likes. Yes. And, and he, it seems she's trying to – she likes David, so she wants and, to go along. That's right. And, and it seems that he, w- he had a lot of other bottles to open. I would have said to her, when I suspected that she wasn't particularly wild about the wine, I would have picked one or two other bottles. And just sort of showed it to her said, even hey, before. let's compare the one we're ah. drinking right now with two other wines and let's see which ones we like the best. In, in other words, don't give her the opportunity to try to be too nice. And so just let her sit there while he tries to be too nice. I like it. Well, I like and it. don't put her in a situation where it's yes or no. Right. Right. Give her some options and let her, David, forgive me for saying this, but let her tell you what she likes. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's a good way to go. I, I, I like that. And I, I do think that it is a thing. I mean, I think he nailed one of the issues. And she may not, she may not be somebody who pretends except for with wine because everybody always pretends to do the right thing. Well, there's quote, another unquote, thing here is that she, after she told him what she liked and he gave her something that he thought she'd like, She's going to feel awful to say, no, I don't right, like it. You didn't right. get it. Pull out another damn bottle of yeah, wine, you jerk. Yeah, yeah just so pull it out. So she, she feels like they gave it a shot, didn't work, maybe next time. But David knows wine. David has a lot of wines in his house. He's willing to pull a second or a third bottle out if that's what it takes to get to the next level. So he's willing to do that. She's afraid he might not be willing to do that. Right. And, and, and exactly right. So she's being nice by saying that. So what you do is you just be nice back and you say, um, you know, I know you're trying so hard, but I wouldn't bl- say, hey, I, let you me, know let what? me. It looks like you might want to try one of these others. So let me try or, these. Or he doesn't even have to say it about her. He yeah. can say, you know, I'm not completely satisfied with this wine. He doesn't have to say why. The reason he's not satisfied is 
she did, he's not convinced she liked it. I'm not satisfied with it. Let me see if I've got something else in here that we might like to try. So, so David, what you're getting out of this is you're getting a relationship advice that we both go to the same same area, which is go get more wine. More wine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Paul's is mine is the direct approach, and Paul's is a little subterfuge, which you know you take that as you could take either as as <laughs> no. I, uh, but but I I think in a situation like this, you know, bringing out others and 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 being nice about it in any circumstance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you, you think you could do just fine. Or you could. Yeah. I'm sure she likes you, David, because we do. Yes. All right. Our next one comes from uh, Spencer in Wiesbaden, Germany. In Germany. Yes. And once again, uh, I am mining my family. Uh, this uh, We're trying to be international. And uh, cool. since Spencer asked, uh, she actually is, this is my niece, and she works for the Army Corps of Engineers in Germany. Wow. And she's also extraordinarily cool. And she says, asks, can they add aromatics to wine like they do to whiskey or vodka? That's an easy one. Nope. No. No. Um, if you add anything other than a few basic um, winemaking technologies, in other words, things that ultimately come right back out of the wine when you when you filter it, um, you cannot call it wine. You have to call it flavored wine or something else. But if you just call it wine, it has to be made from grapes without any flavorings added. Right. I the think only called, flavoring you can add is aging it in an oak barrel. Yeah, I think it's called adulterating it, if that's the, the technical term. Is that, do I have that right? Uh, I think, and it's, yeah, in, under any circumstances. I know, and, and it's, interestingly enough, I did a, um, a, a wine class uh, just the other weekend, um, and somebody asked that question. It's a c- common question yes. about, do yes. they put, how does that pear flavor how get do in they, there? How do they put, how do they put yeah. that minerality in that wine? Yeah. Do they actually put the minerals in and, it? And that's, you know, that's our dear little friend, wine grapes. You know, uh, yeah. human beings have been making uh, alcoholic beverages and wine-like beverages out of all kinds of things that had sugar in them. There's a reason why wine over thousands of years became the thing, and it's because wine grapes have so many layers to them. Yeah, and so they many do different create flavors. These flavors and way these, more than apples. Yes. And we think of apples as having a lot of different flavors. Grapes way more than apples. I like them apples. You like but, them apples. But this is uh, this is more, yes. And so that's what it is. It, there's so much, and there's so much complexity to so many grapes, and especially when you add the solvents of alcohol. That, and, and yeah, then you the don't winemaking. actually add the solvents well, well, of alcohol. Well, the alcohol is forms in there, naturally yes. from the yeast. Stop I'm, acting, talking like we're adding stuff to wine. We're not. Oh, yeah. I'm adulterating it again. That's okay. It. Well, right. you're, you're good at adulteration. Uh, no. No. <laughs> All right, moving along. That is it for the international portion of our show. We are co- we are coming back to America and Earth uh, with uh, some other things coming up. We have more questions, but uh, speaking of coming down a little bit, we've got some really horrible wine writing. Excellent. So, so we are mixing in some adulteratedness or whatever that's called with a really horrible wine writing. Paul, what'd you bring us? I got a word that I always always cracks me up: brooding. Ooh, dark. Well, I can't think, I can't help evil. but think of chickens who aren't laying eggs. Oh, I'm 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 thinking of Count Chocula <laughs> getting ready to attack the town or whatever. Well, that might tell me a little more about the wine, but a chicken that doesn't <laughs> lay eggs doesn't tell me anything about this wine. Yeah. And a, yeah, this dark it, brooding wine. Yeah, what is a brooding wine? A brooding uh, wine. Yeah, it, it's a it's it's a. I know what a brooding winemaker is. 
Yeah, but well, that's a different story maybe they entirely. Make brooding so, wines than yeah, does wines. it does a brooding wine mean that you have to pour it in the right glass or it won't come out again? No, it just sits. It sits quietly and says, "Nobody loves me." <laughs> well, there's a reason. It's brooding. Yes. All right. Okay. What do you have? Um, this is another one of those uh, those cliched say nothing. Oh, good wine wine descriptions. Oh, good. I and hope this it's is, long. This is from a uh, a winery's <laughs> website. Of course. Um, uh, this is an optimal region. This is like a cliche written. It really is. This is an optimal region for vineyards and grape removes, so Paul could guess. Okay. <laughs> In particular, a particular achieves a fleshy, one of your favorite words, a fleshy, smooth, supple, velvety style with a distinct juniper accent that's a signature of the region. Juniper. This wine sourced from two vineyards in sight of the Pacific Ocean boasts this very trademark making it an incredible match for bold, flavorful stews, chili, jambalaya, or pasta. Okay, so first of all, a wine that goes well with chili, is that does not strike me as being um, um, an easy thing to match with food. And then it's fleshy, smooth, supple, velvety, with a distinct juniper accent. Yeah, which is the only description of the wine, by the way. Right, which means that it's a blend of red wine and gin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A right? distinct juniper accent. Right. I, I, that is, I'm guessing Pinot. Uh, it's a Merlot. It's a Merlot. Yeah. Excellent, because yep. it grows right on the coast. It yes. says right there, two vineyards inside of the Pacific Ocean. That's why I was guessing Pinot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I love that the only description is others. Oh, there's four ways of saying smooth. Right. Um, and it's all, got all four of them. It's got all of them, yeah. And, and then juniper. And juniper. And it, yes. Uh, and, and actually of all of the things, all of the flavors I associate with velvety texture, juniper is not one of them. No, it is not. Or Merlot, or really wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but there you go. So yep. if this okay. if this would just trying to sell me a bottle of this Merlot, I'm I'm not I'm not taking it. I don't know. Next time you have chili, you might be looking for junipers. Juniper and chili. It's a match made somewhere so you're, you're between go somewhere chili, between chili and Scotland gin? and Mexico. <laughs> chili and gin. Does chili not and sound gin. Good. Yes. Mm. No, I think, I think I'm going back to beer. All right, um, all right. We have a couple more questions good. while we can. Um, this is from Angela in Roseville. Mm-hmm. She says, "My husband and I bought a wine we loved. We loved to a di- we brought a wine we loved to a dinner party. He wanted to tell me about the. He wanted to tell them. Uh, let me start from the beginning. This is from is this Angela, from Angela Rose- in Roseville. Angela apparently <coughs> speaks English yep. where Rick may not. <laughs> right. Angela says, "My husband and I brought a wine we loved to a dinner party. He wanted to tell them about the great point scores and what a bargain he got. Oh boy, I wouldn't let him. Good for you. They both sounded so uncool." He was mad at me, but people did like the wine. Should I have let him pound his chest? No. 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 Point scores, not topic of discussion. Getting a great deal on a gift, that's just not something you talk about. You, If it's a $50 bottle of wine that you got for $22, you want them to think they paid 50, you paid 50 bucks for it. You're a generous guy. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Don't stand up and tell everybody the rest of the story. It's not a good story. Yeah, if they love the wine, just tell them. That's great. I'm glad you loved it. Me too. Me too. And yeah, I'm and glad any, you liked any it. Any background that's stories right. on the wine. And, you know, you can say we've always loved this wine, which it sounds like they did. Right. Yeah. But, right. yeah, yeah. You're not. It doesn't. You don't. It got 98 points, and it was in the discount bin at the local supermarket. So I got it for 8.95. Yeah. You know what? That actually doesn't make me think that you're a really good guy. Yeah. It makes you seem like maybe you should have spent 16 dollars on us. Well, if it of... got 98 points and it was in the bin, it might have been. There must have been some little. <laughs> there may have been some an hanky issue. and a little panky in there. That's right. Yeah. 
That's right. Uh, so in any case, uh, Angela, you did right. You are right. Um, tell your husband. Uh, Pound it's, his it's, chest it's in fi- private. Yes. Yes. It's fine to know those things. Sounds like he really did want them to like the wine. So just go with that. That's right. Okay. This is from Lucas and Fairfield. Are corks endangered or something? I seem <laughs> to remember hearing something like that. And is that why I see wineries using more and more screw caps? Boy, no and no. Yes. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but um, yeah. corks are not endangered. Um, but uh, the technology for making corks 25 years ago wasn't very good. And wineries started switching to screw caps, frankly, because they were more dependable on particularly certain kinds of wines, but more dependable. Since then, the cork industry has improved the technology for making corks. And, and in keeping them clean and bacteria-free and That's stuff the like technology. that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, yeah, now there was a story years ago about a strange fungus that was killing all of the cork trees in the world and it meant that everybody's going to have to switch to screw caps. But that, in fact, was an April Fool's joke that got picked up by people all over the world who believed it. But it was actually an April Fool's joke to have people think that... Dom Perignon and Chateau Lafitte Rothschild and other wines were all going to screw caps. I would love to see a great sparkling wine in a screw cap. Yep. That would be kind of fun. Um, Yeah. uh, And there's actually the cork industry has done a little bit of uh, that sort of uh, maybe slightly self-inflicted damage on that. But one of the campaigns was to say was using corks was an environmentally sound thing to do. It preserved cork trees. Cork trees are doing fine. The forests are fine. It isn't – you know, it's not like if you don't use them, nobody will tend – that's what they were basically saying. If you don't buy our corks, nobody will tend these trees. That's right. It's like we're holding your trees hostage. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a knife against this tree's throat. Um, One false move. But people are using more and more corkscrews for all kinds of good reasons really. In lots of ways, they still – they're really good for keeping white wines fresh. Um, They like them. Um, the truth is, uh, uh, Tesco, which is a major supermarket in the major supermarket in in, in the Great UK. Britain, yeah, uh, sort of sent out a dictum. This is now about 10, 10 or fifteen years ago, yeah, almost fifteen to uh, to New Zealand and Australia and all of it who are big big white wine suppliers to England, which is that. You know, we prefer wine in screw cops. You're shipping it yeah. across the, the ocean, and we just think this is a little more secure. So there's lots of little reasons, and and frankly, they're fine. They're just they're fine. fine. Yeah, they're but fine. There's, but corks are fine. Screw On the other hand, fine. if if you're David Humeyer and you're trying to impress a young woman in your house, it's probably easier to do that with a cork finished wine than a screw cap. Unless unless you are like one of my friends, I will actually call him out because he does this great trick. He's uh, uh, a psalm named Chris Sawyer. I think you know Chris. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you, you sure. Together. Yeah, yeah. And Chris has this really good <clears throat> trick where he rolls the bottle down his yeah, arm yeah, yeah, and yeah. pops up and it's <clears throat> yeah. it's a little flat. I, yeah. I wouldn't do it the first time with a date. I would practice on my own a few times. And, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but in any case. So. True of many things on a date, right? Right. Well, speaking of things that are in danger, that's probably this show. So we're going to close it up for one another round. Uh, thank you to our ever-patient producer, Matt Passini. Thank you, Matt. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use and their ever-patience in keeping us on the, on the podcast On the lineup, lineup next to those famous listen. people. Come see us at Amador Four Fires in Plymouth, California on May 6th. And if you've learned anything today, we hope it's simple. Don't take relationship advice from us no matter what country you're in. That's right. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. And remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially us. Especially us.